ان الحمد لله تعالى نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a blessed praise. We seek peace and blessings upon our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless his family, his companions, uh, and those who follow the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam until the end of time. In numerous places in the Quran, there is a relationship that's mentioned between us and the divine subhanahu wa ta'ala that sometimes tends to get lost especially in the face of the challenges that in face of the challenges that we deal with on the regular whether internally externally whether interfaith or intrafaith whether we're in the liquor store or the liquor store these are challenges that we face and they tend to blur this important relationship which is so profound if the brothers can scoot forward that the, the way it's used in the Qur'an is a constant because Allah's attributes and Allah's essence is a constant beyond physical law. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah mentions something that's very important for you after talking about people of faith, people of belief. He mentions that He loves you. And oftentimes we don't hear enough about the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ibn Qayyim uh, the great scholar, as well as Al-Ghazali, who preceded him by around 150 years, were asked, you know, is it better to worship Allah out of love or fear? And both of them said, out of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word in Arabic for love is very interesting. It's from the same word as a seed, hab and hub, because love has to be planted in fertile soil. So when you give your love to someone, you better make sure that if you swipe right, that that person is worthy of your potential love. That it's a place you want to invest and plant that seed. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses someone to put the love of Allah in their hearts, that person should not be overcome by insecurities. As we mentioned a few khutbahs a, 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 a week ago or so, when Sayyidina Musa has told, Akhtartuka li nafsi, I chose you. So don't worry, don't get it twisted, don't think too much. 
Don't let your insecurities engulf you. I chose you and I know you better than you know yourself. The Quran says, Allah moves through your hearts in the sense of His knowledge knows what lies in your souls. So the first is if I say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, even if I'm struggling, that's a sign that Allah has chosen you to be from those who He loves. Allah loves them and they love Him. But a seed has signs. There's signs of a healthy seed. So what are some of the signs that we know the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is present in ourselves and working wonders in our life? Imam al-Muhasibi, may Allah be pleased with him, one of the great early scholars, he said, إِذَا كُنْتَ أَن تُحِبْ أَن تَعْرِفَ مَنْزِلَتَكَ عِنْدَ If you would love to know how important you are to God, then ask yourself how important God is to you. So the first sign of that love is that I care about the relationship. And that, that applies to everything. Like I can't be unattentive to my family and say I love them. I can't be like not present. I'm mushhadr. One time in Azhar we were taking an exam and there was a sheikh, sheikh, Jawaish, mashallah, and usul fiqh. There's an Indonesian brother, he's so awesome. He always used to sit on the front row. So we'd always hope, like, hope he talks. So one day he asked him a question, and the brother was like, spaced out. So the sheikh, he said, Anta, anta, and in the Masri, Anta fin dewati. Like, where are you right now? He said, Jasadan bil Qahira. You know, my body's in Cairo. He said, Wa aina qalbuk? Qalbi bi Jakarta. He said, like, where's your heart? He said, my heart and my thoughts are in Jakarta. So I may be physically present, but if I'm not emotionally present, that's not a sign of love. Imagine we do that with people close to us, our wives, our husbands, our children, our friends. But how many of us are moving through dunya and our heart is not present with God? When they described the poem that we're reading Last night and tonight, inshallah, will continue at 6.30. When people describe the life of Imam Ibn Nahwi, they said that Allah was ghalib ala hayati. Like Allah was always present in his life. Not constantly like, you know, super religious, but he had a spiritual uh, uh, trajectory. So if you're worried about that relationship, that's a great sign. Don't let shaitan come to you and make you think that because you worry about that, you're a bad person. The second is that the Prophet ﷺ motivated us to try to grow that seed and work on that seed and cultivate that love. That's why Allah described the Sahaba like a seed that grew. And the Prophet ﷺ said that when Allah loves somebody, He calls Gabriel and He says, He pronounces to Gabriel, Inna Allah ta'ala yuhibbu fulana. Allah loves such and such person. Fahibbu, fahibha yani. Then you must love him or her. And then Jibreel, he proclaims to all of the angels, and we know that the Prophet said, there's no space in heaven except like this distance, there's an angel there. 
We know that Sayyidina Ali, Karram Allahu Wajha, when he said that, you know, the heavens, and he compared the seventh heaven to the sixth, is like a ring in a desert. The sixth to the fifth is a ring in a desert. The fifth to the fourth is a ring in a desert. The fourth to the third is a ring in a desert. The second to the first is a ring in a desert. And all of the Saba'a Samawat are like a ring on the Arsh of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how many malaika, subhanAllah, in that space? And he said, Jibreel will say, Inna Allah ta'ala yuhibbu fulana wa fulana. And Allah will, the, the angels will mention your name, man. Then you must love that person. And the Prophet said, then that person will notice that people, righteous people, people connected to God, will be lovers of that person. The second sign is that I'm a, I'm a lover. Like, if I receive love, then I can, I can then pass on that love. And that's why Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inshallah in a few weeks on Tuesday we're going to start just going through the hadith of the awliya. What are the sifat of the awliya? What are the qualities of the righteous people? The Prophet said in the sound hadith, inna lillahi ta'ala khawas aw kamaqar alayhi salatu salam. Like Allah has chosen friends. And the sahaba they said, manhum wa ma'amaluhum. Like who are they? What did they do? How did they achieve that special relationship. And the Nabi alayhi salatu salam, he said, قَوْمٌ يَتَحَبُّونَ بِرُوحِ اللَّهِ He said, people who love. People who love by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third is when I frame this as a relationship, relationships have responsibilities. And when someone loves us, they're able to make us aware of not only our good qualities, but things we should work on. So the first two steps in being responsible in that relationship are mentioned in the famous hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that said, "Man It's famous authentic narration where he quotes Allah as saying, "Whoever declares war against one of my awliya," and the awliya are those who say, "La ilaha illallah." Imam al-Tahawi says, "Al-mu'minun kulluhum awliya ar-Rahman." Like anyone who says, La ilaha illallah, whether a sinner or a saint, are from the awliya of Allah. Although there may be different levels and so on and so forth. But alhamdulillah, Allahu waliyu ladhina amanu. Allah is the friend and caretaker of those who believe. So Allah says, whoever has declared war upon this person, or has given this person challenges, I declare war on them. وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدَ بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّ فَتَرَدْتُ عَلَيْهِ and then the hadith begins and says that no one draws nearer to me first and foremost except by establishing what I love, God loves. It's reciprocal and he says and what is most beloved to me are those things which are obligatory. So acts of devotion, character, social responsibility, civic responsibility, so many things fall under that. وَمَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي And my servant will continue to draw close to me بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهِ They will continue to do good. So adding on to the obligatory are the secondary acts of goodness until I love that person. So the fourth is establishing the fara'id, the obligations as best we can. And the fifth is adding the cherry on top of the obligatory is increasing in doing good deeds, volunteering in the community, like on Wednesdays here, feeding people in the park, 
helping our neighbors, being there for our roommates. These things bring, mashallah, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last, and this is the most difficult in the relationship with God, is when Allah loves us enough, the one Al-Kashif, who uncovers all things, that He shows us our sins. Because when someone truly loves you and they trust you, they will tell you what you're doing that damages the relationship. And that's why some of the ulama, they used to say, the greatest blessing that was ever given to me was the ability to see my sins. And the greatest honor I ever achieved in my life was when I was shown the things that were dishonoring me. Subhanallah. As Sayyidina Umar used to say, Rahimullahu, man ahdali ayyubi. He used to say this about people like, may Allah bless the one who gifted me with my mistakes. We live in a society now where it's all about likes. Everybody likes. There's not a dislike option. It's like or unlike. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be sincere, inna deen and nasiha, the religion is sincerity. Qulna liman to who? Lillah. The word nasiha in Arabic doesn't just mean advice. The word nasiha is used for a tailor. When the, the clothes are ripped in ancient Arabic, you would take it to the nasih. You'll take it to the tailor, the khayat, because he will mend the rips in your clothing. So nasiha to God is that I'm so honest and so upright in my relationship with Allah, I ask Allah, show me the rips in the relationship so I can mend them. That's considered the highest level of love. Because that means I have to become aware of things that perhaps I'm not happy about. So why the Prophet said, nafsi By Allah, I repent to Allah 70 times a day. If we can scoot forward. And that's why this famous hadith ends. If I love the person, then I become the eyes with which they see, the hearing by which he or she hears, the hands by which he or she grabs, and the legs by which he or she walks, meaning the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those regulations and the submission to Allah, Islam, reaches a point that I see through the lens of good and evil, through the lens of, of the Qur'an, through the lens of revelation and, I, and sunnah. And I act in a way that I'm aware of my evil. And that's why Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, when he asked the Prophet for nasiha, he said, save people from your evil. Meaning, be aware of yourself. As the ulama say, waqil amrak. Like, be awake, be woke. You know, in Sufism, the first maqam, by the way, is the maqam of being woke. At-tayaqud. From a hundred thousand years ago, almost a thousand years ago. So being woke doesn't just mean to be happy. With God, being woke means that I'm aware of my evil. And awareness of sin and evil is not something that should destroy us. It's a sign that Allah loves us. Because those of us in relationships or have friends, we know the most difficult conversations are to have, yo, this bothers me. Where it's the opposite. Allah giving someone the awareness to see what I can ta'mal fi sudur with their hearts, how they've hurt this relationship 
and fail to hold the amana is the sign of transcendent love and rahmah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yubassirna bi basirat salihin wa awliyaihi al-muqarrabin aqulu qawli hadha astawfirullah li wa lakum fastaghfiru innahu huwa al-ghafur rahim Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidina rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak alayhi fil awwalin wa fil akhirin wa fil mali al-a'la ya rabbal alameen After that the sign of Allah's love in our life is tawbah to repent the word tawbah means to turn tiptoe on a shay like I turned from it so physically it's to physically turn away but spiritually because the heart is yang qalib the qalb is always turning like I turn my heart away from evil to Allah Allah says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu tubu ila Allahi tawbatan nasuha there's another qira'a tawbatan nusuha which means repent to Allah in a way that you'll never inshallah you have the desire to never go back the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ataibu whoever comes back to Allah and seeks his forgiveness kama la dhambala is like a person that has no sins but shaitan has more game than parker brothers and he steps to you and he says to you kuthirat dhunubuk like your sins are so much there's a great story of a person that we should reflect on I've always related to this person because of my own life and that's the tawbah of Abi Nawas Abu Nawas is one of the greatest poets of the era of what's called al-muhdithin those poets who came like after the time of the early poets of Islam and after the jahili poets the ulama used to say Abu Nawas indana ka'im ruqais inda al-mutaqaddimin Meaning that this person, even though he was incredibly gifted, he was born a Muslim, he exhibited tremendous talents as an artist. They say, "Can He was someone who suffered with a chemical addiction, and he actually <laughs> he actually has a form of poetry that we studied in Azhar because it's so beautiful, called Al Khamriyat, where he praises wine, the color of wine, the bottle, how the lights shine on it, like. He could be a great consultant for Budweiser. Like, he can really describe alcohol in a way that it's so powerful that we still studied it because the Al-Saf are amazing. He was also known for being someone who committed tremendous amount of sin, all kinds of sin. But something happened to him. Number one is, even though he was a sinner, great scholars kept a line open to him. Most of the ulama in the area of Basra, they stayed in touch with him with the hope that one day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love will be manifested through his heart and he will come back to Allah. And one of those was the great Imam, Sayyidina wa Imamina al-Shafi'i radiallahu anhu. Like can you imagine Imam Shafi as friends with a drunk? Like no one would imagine that. Imam Abu Hanifa, his neighbor, was a drunkard. He bailed him out of jail. These people weren't, as Dr. West talks about, caught up in righteous indignation. They understood that the greatest sign of righteousness 
is to have hope that Allah will change people and to humbly be that bridge to change. But Abu Nawas, unfortunately, his, his life continued as it did, and he died. Zahabi mentions that the people came to bury him, and they went to the local imam. And this is like a lot of us. We run into people who are religious, who are nice. We run into people who are religious, who are like, eh. <laughs> So they went to this imam, and they said, you know, we need you to pray janazah on somebody. And he's like, okay. And they're like, Abu Nawaz. He's like, nah, man. I got something to do. And they're like, why? He was like, you know, Shari Buhamar, blah, 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 blah. And there were rumors that he had made Toba, by the way, that he had repented. He had been brought in front of the government on more than one occasion because of things he wrote about. So they were despondent and they went to his home and they began to undress him and prepare him for washing. And they found in his pocket a piece of like poetry. And his wife said to them, this is the last poem he ever wrote. What does the poem say? It says, In Azumat Zunubi Kathratan, Falakad Alimta Ennaka Enna Afwaka Azamu. It says, Oh Allah, if my sins are infinite and great, I believe with certainty that your forgiveness is greater. In Kanala Yarjuka Ila Muhsin. If the only person that can hope in you are the righteous, then who will sinners turn to? If the only one who can turn to you are the pious people, then who will the sinner hope in and pray to? There's nothing left. I turn to you. I repented to you as you ordered me. In humility. And if you refuse my offering, my hands, then who's going to be merciful? Like there's no one else that can be merciful. Then he says, The only bridge I have to you is hope. And your beautiful transcendent forgiveness were in me, Muslimu. And I'm a Muslim. When they read this, they were overcome and they went back to the Imam. They said, You need to read this. And he said, Like, who wrote that? They said, These, This is the last Qasida of Abi Nawas. Then he said, Bring him and we're going to pray on him. So the point is, if you look at the Tawbah of Abu Nawas, it's the manifestation of divine love. And the scholar said there's two types of uncoverings, or three. Number one is the uncovering of the sin by shaitan that causes a person to give up. And this is like deception. Number two is the uncovering of a person's fault, as Imam al-Ghazali said, that causes them to have hope. This is the kash of the arifin or the awliya'i. And this is like that beautiful manifestation of divine love. And then the third is someone who doesn't care. We ask Allah bil-afiyah. So brothers and sisters, inshallah, let's take some time to pull back from the likes. Let's take some time to pull away from the hyper-focus on the exterior. Look into our interiors. Hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasibu. 
And those mistakes that we find, we say, Alhamdulillah. And then after that, we turn to Allah. And then we seek Allah's forgiveness. And then we try to make incremental changes, insha'Allah. And this path to Allah, وَأَنَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ الْمُنْتَهَىٰ The final ending. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bi jami'i sifatihi wa af'ari an yaghfir lana dhunubana jami'aha. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for our sins. مَا نَعْلَمْ وَمَا لَا نَعْلَمْ Those that we know and those that we, we know. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to look at us and shine the love of Allah into our hearts. We ask Him to bring us closer to Him by the awareness of our evil, that we can remove this evil from our hearts. We ask Allah to make us people who love for Allah, people who care for Allah, people who give for Allah, people who hold back for Allah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those of us who may be struggling with insecurity spiritually to give us that confidence to have that relationship with Him. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with a strong support group and peer network that can help as personal trainers bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters, the Rohingya, to ease their challenges and their difficulties. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help our brothers and sisters in Palestine. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help the brothers and sisters in the youth in Sudan. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help our brothers and sisters in the Yemen. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us overcome the fara'ina of our nafs. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yajma'ana ma habibina kama amanna wa bihi wa lam narahu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.